five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Poem podcast. I am Chris at Lightforce, the sultry voice kicking off your 2020 with the first episode of the Reset Poem podcast of the new year, or arguably the new decade, depending on which side of the argument you fall. I am joined virtually by Omni at Omni Strength. Sam at another Sam Chan. Well, he's a free agent as his contract expired. <laughs> yeah, we just couldn't agree to his uh, salary demands. Well, you know, they got out of hand. After that poem, The he, he actually sent me an updated offer and I was like completely blown away. Like he expected True. seven figures. Maybe he got some good offers there. It's possible. I mean, there's yeah. quite a few other Vancouver Titans podcasts out there and he might be shopping his services around. He could very well become a freelancer. Plus a lot of, uh, yeah. Plus a lot of new spots on the Overwatch League, um, you know, talent team. That's true. I mean, maybe maybe thing. there's something he isn't telling us that you're going to sure. see, uh, you know, uh, another Sam Chan and I don't know who who would who'd be a good pairing for him to cast with. I don't know. He, he's really upped his game a bit. I I think it's even a little bit disrespectful now to just refer to him as just another Sam Chan. He could be the Sam Chan. The Sam Chan. <laughs> have to update his Twitter handle. <laughs> But Happy New Year. Uh, we are back after a, a couple of weeks with our first episode, as I said, of the year, but also back to our weekly schedule. If you didn't see this on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Titans Court, RSP Court. So shame on you first. Well, yeah, but we I'm not going to shame anyone. I might think that, but I won't say it for, uh, you know. That, that's for, my, my job. Uh, we are back to our weekly recording schedule. So we'll be back each and every week throughout the rest of not only the month of January, but into the, uh, the third uh, Overwatch League season, or as we'll call it, OWL 2020. Uh, as far as the content that you're going to see, um, again, we're still somewhat in a Titans vacuum. Uh, we're getting bits and pieces of information out. And our hope is, is that over the coming days, potentially coming week, we'll have more that we can talk about. But in the absence of that information, we'll do our best to provide you uh, a compelling conversation uh, that doesn't include Sam's desire to go out for church's chicken. <laughs> I mean, he's uh, not here anymore. So maybe that's where you can find him is down at churches. I don't know. I hope for him that chicken is great. But this episode, we will talk a little bit about uh, some of the uh, words that have come from Anthony Morocco and the Titans Cord uh, uh, server. He has been answering some questions and providing a little bit of information. Uh, we've got some ideas as to what that information might mean. You know, again, I've sort of been reading the tea leaves, doing a little of investigation, and I have some thoughts that I'm going to share. As far as the fray is concerned, there has some, been some big shakeups in the world of Overwatch uh, or the Overwatch League, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about to some of these changes. And uh, hey, Overwatch Two could very well be coming soon. We're going to talk to that too. So let's uh, waste no more time and go directly to the payload. Moving the payload. Join me. The Vancouver Titans have kicked off 2020 doing what they did seem to tell me they would start to do: become more active. So if you don't recall, I had uh, what I call the TED Talk uh, just before the holiday break. 
And uh, I let loose a lot of emotion, um, a lot of frustration, and a, a lot of thoughts in a giant Twitter storm that caught the attention of many, including uh, those within the, the Titans organization, Connect Sports and Entertainment. And, you know, one of the promises that was being made to us is, hey, we're hiring, things are going to change, you'll see this very soon. And I, I privately sort of said, uh-huh. Like, I, I wasn't buying those words because we'd heard this before. I mean, we've been told time and time again, like things will change, things will change and they might, but then they don't. Well, I will give them credit. Things are starting to change. One of those changes is in Titans court itself. So uh, as we discussed, there's now a, you know, ask Titan staff channel questions are being asked. And while over the, the holiday break, maybe not as much activity as we'd like in the more recent days, uh, Anthony Morocco has been there. He has been talking uh, to uh, those in Titans Court, answering those questions. Although I do wish he was a little more candid. We'll get into that in a moment. You know, one, I think I think uh, we have just one lesson from this experience. We should rant more often and sooner. Well, okay. We, we talked a little bit about the whole rant thing in that last episode. Um, <laughs> you have ranted before. Sam has ranted before. But apparently... When Light Force loses his mind, <laughs> the the world completely starts to to shake, and you know mountains move, and the tectonic plates start to reorganize, and things. Start hashtag to hashtag force of nature. Hashtag force of nature. You got it. So the one thing I wanted to get into before we start talking about Anthony Morocco's uh, comments in Titans Court is that uh, there was an announcement that the Seattle Surge had hired uh, a director of operations, the director of business operations. And I had sort of commented on, on Twitter through the RSP account that, well, you know, titles are just words. It seemed really odd that you had two directors of operations for the Seattle Surge. You had Anthony Morocco, who has title was director of operations for Vancouver Titan Seattle Surge. And then you had, um, uh, I think it's Bob Morris Jr. And I apologize. I wish I actually had that up, who was also the director of operations for the Seattle Surge. Seemed odd. Like, you know, how many directors of operations does a, an organization need? Well, moments after that comment, Anthony Morocco's Twitter profile updated. It included the general manager of the Vancouver Titans and Seattle Surge. So that was a new development. And then, you know, being the, you know, Snoopy Fox Mulder I am, I looked at his LinkedIn profile, which also included the words general manager. Again, new development, because up until this point, we were led to believe very loosely that the general manager for the Vancouver Titans was Steve Maeda. Now, this prompted a friend of the show, Katrina, to ask in uh, Titans Court, hey, Anthony, are there any congratulations in order? And his response was kind of weird. It was like, oh, no, no congratulations are in order. And I remember, you know, I, I saw this. I actually sort of privately messaged uh, Katrina on the site saying, like, am I wrong to, like, look at that and be confused. Like, it seemed like I, I, I was talking to a friend of mine. It feels like you're playing go fish uh, with someone on your own team, but they still don't want to show you what cards they have. Like it was really weird. He eventually did clarify. Oh no, that, you know, that he's a GM and, and, and self-confessed that it is an entirely new role for him. Uh, but one that he was excited for. So, well, you may not have heard it here first, or possibly you have, the Vancouver Titans general manager is Anthony Morocco. He's also the general manager for the Seattle Surge. So as to Steve Maeda's involvement, it sounds as if he is simply more of an advisor 
ish. Um, but I have been led to, to believe by a credible uh, sources that he's not involved at all within the day to day. So Anthony Morocco, GM Vancouver Titans thoughts on this, uh, on me. Yeah. So, uh, like you said, it's definitely a positive change. And I think, uh, that you might have actually had something to do with it, especially when they, uh, decided to change the titles. The moment you commented on that, um, they are good news. They are a positive change, but I'm kind of confused with the, you know, the d- duplicate roles there. Is it Titans staff or is it like Surge staff? Is it Surge Titans, however you want to call it? I mean, I don't like the fact that we share resources with another team. That Me personally, I, I don't really follow uh, Call of Duty esports scene. And I know that there is some like relation regarding, you know, the geography and the geolocation of Valve Seattle and um and, and vancouver but i just don't know too much about it nor do i care to invest more of my time into that esport maybe later down the road but people need to remember that you know people are still resources and it, it's a terrible analogy i'd say but think of a waiter who has to wait two tables instead of one and i don't care how how good of a waiter you are you do a better job if you had just one and of course, ownership groups, they can own two, three, five franchises. It doesn't really matter. But once the staff begins hopping between the franchises, it gets a little bit difficult. And we felt some of it because a lot of the staff that dealt with the Titans and the, the inaugural season had, you know, still their Canucks job in a way. I hope it's not a bad thing and definitely it's better than nothing. Uh, and and I, I can't I can't wait to see what, like how how the output of, of collaboration with us, with the fans is improving. And uh, yeah, as for Anthony about the GM, we just have to wait because we, we don't really know how involved he is with, with, you know, the overwatch scene as a whole with the esports. Uh, I'm not sure if we can rival the, the, the scouting prowess of, of other franchises in the league. I mean, we did st- strike gold with just signing runaway from contenders uh but then again like did we address our gaps and needs with the signings we don't know we just don't know yeah and actually you know on that note with the signings one of the things that anthony has said in titans court is that there are no further roster changes expected and that you know resonates with what we had shared with our last episode based on what uh, Ryan Nicholas had shared in, in Titans Cord. Uh, he then further uh, went to say uh, this week that the roster is locked in. Now, again, I find that quite coy because there has been no official update to the roster itself. Titans Cord is out of date. Uh, the Overwatch League uh, site for the Vancouver Titans is, is out of date. Um, and as a result, it begs the question... Is it possible that while the roster's locked in, there's still a signing we don't know about? I mean, look at Tizzy. Tizzy obviously was signed well before the postseason began, but yet the announcement occurred just before the postseason started. So yeah. I I don't know why there is this desire not to be direct in a response, or maybe it's just the misunderstanding of the question that continues to be asked over and over, when will an official announcement come out sharing the roster? And we've seen all lots of other teams do it. Like the yeah. London Spitfire have shared a graphic, very simple on Twitter, with their 12 players. Yeah. And the Vancouver Titans, outside <laughs> of telling us that they had two new players, and Fisher and Enrique Long have not actually said, here's yeah. our, well, this, you know, doing the quick math here, it would be like, what, eight? 
it, yeah, it's it's definitely Nine. one of the skinniest uh, rosters out there. As to the London Spitfire, it's great that they have communicated the roster out like that. I'm just not that impressed with the content of that communication, but. Yeah, it leaves a lot to be desired. Hopefully, it will change. But it's already a common pattern. I'm not surprised. Um, I expect more positive change. Like uh, like we saw with TZ, it's, it's hard to tell, right? And, and and now we don't know what's going on with these players. Even like Bumper or TZ, they're not even signed anywhere. Well, what's going on there? There's a lot of mystery that shrouds the Titans constantly, you know? Yeah. The uh, few other tidbits that came out of uh, Morocco's uh, comments in uh, Titans Cord, uh, he is talking about the possibility, or not the possibility, he's talking about the fact that new jerseys are amazing. And he's actually reinforced that by saying even the quality itself is amazing. Now, the comment of new jerseys is interesting because at first when I saw this, I had interpreted that as being a complete like league wide sort of season three Jersey. Mm-hmm. And you see this, uh, you know, in, in, in many different uh, leagues where a new season, sometimes it's a, just a, a new sponsor or, or a new manufacturer or what have you, you see those updates take place. So that's not unusual. It just seemed when he said new jerseys and the quality is amazing that there's some shift, but then earlier today, we were recording uh, Tuesday night for our Wednesday publish. The Houston Outlaws and the Vancouver Titans had a quick Twitter conversation about being team green. Mm. The Vancouver Titans are team blue unless they have their away whites on. Yeah. So it got me thinking, well, green is their third color. Could the new jerseys actually be equivalent to a third jersey? So I, I, I have suspicions the Vancouver Titans may have a third jersey for 2020. Not a big stretch. I mean, you got to consider there are many other teams that have one. And as as Mm. Maddie had informed us last year uh, or last season during uh, during uh, certain Q and A, that that you know just they wanted to focus on on the kit that they had. The third jersey wasn't uh, Mm. uh, something that they were they were considering. So. You know, for those of you buying jerseys right now at the fire sale price through Fanatics, there could be a reason why those jerseys are being fire sold. I mean, it seems (laughs) odd that you would go and push out all of that inventory if nothing was changing. Right. I was just about to say, like, how uh, some teams had those third jerseys made last season. Um, You know, the Peach jersey for Atlanta, for example, or the uh, Skyline jersey for New York. And they were great. uh, Great design. Uh, right, right. It was kind of a preview for their recolor. And the fact, I think they were also, I don't know, they were sold through Fanatics, but they were definitely of better quality. So there was definitely some improvement there. And I, I, I can't imagine that some team forgoes the opportunity of having another jersey to sell this season. So us included, we probably are looking at maybe a neon green, like our alternative colors type of jersey, maybe with some different design. I would love one that's not just a color uh, uh, alternative for the regular ones, but have some, you know, design quirk to it, like uh, most of the other uh, alternative jerseys uh, have. Mm-hmm. What would be like on our shirt if it's not a peach uh, for for Vancouver? What do you think? Well, I, I think we might see that stylized uh, Titan we've we saw show up in in see uh, or sort of in some of the graphics that we saw produced. Oh. <laughs> um, I, I meant like if we had to put it on up on a, a food on on, on oh the uh, food yeah good question um 
between the, 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 the Jaffa dog or yeah, I was gonna say roll. like the cliche one, like sushi, <laughs> cucumber roll, um, a fish like a salmon. Oh, a Caesar, that would be great. Caesar. <laughs> See, there's people out there like, what do you mean a Caesar? For those in the United States, it's Bloody right. Mary. Internationally, I don't know how a Caesar or Bloody Mary relates, but that's ultimately what we're looking for. Uh, Anthony also advised us that uh, they're looking to secure June, uh, their translator for the long term, and that the team is still trying to figure out its ticket package options for Homestand 2, which I think makes sense considering it doesn't sound like Homestand 1 has produced the sales that they were expecting. And that would be in line with the fact that we have seen some significantly discounted options come available for the first homestand. Like right now, as it's, as it exists today, if you want to go to the first homestand, don't have your ticket. There are still tickets available, great tickets available. So I wonder if maybe they're exploring, you know, different ways to, to package again. I, I get that part. It's the business side. They do need to make a buck, but uh, unfortunately still no details. The last thing I wanted to talk to about the the Titans, and this actually goes back to anyone who happens to be in RSP Discord. You already know this. Uh, who I have uh, essentially promoted to our business expert, Scronite, friend of the show, and also uh, you know really good guy. He did some some investigation. So uh, this conversation had come up about uh, uh, the Vancouver Titans and, and sort of the relationship that they have with Luminosity Gaming and, and Enthusiastic Gaming and, and what have you. And so Scrum and I dove into financial reports to figure out, you know, what's actually going on. So what he figured out is that the, the Aquilini family um, is, is doing business sort of with themselves. Now, what that means is that Enthusiast Gaming owns 25% of the Vancouver Titans, or what is known as AIG Esports. So Aquilini, um, I think it's Aquilini something, Gaming Esports. AIG. Yeah, Interactive, something like that. So it's actually AIG or Connect Sports Entertainment that actually own Enthusiast. So the Aquilini family owns 66% of Enthusiast is what he he sort of come to as a figure. So the ownership that Enthusiast has is actually also two-thirds owned by the Aquilinis. Uh, Luminosity, Steve Maeda, they get $100,000 a month to manage the team and consult, plus they get about $250,000 a year. There is a 25% stake, which was about $400,000, to AIG Sports US from Gameco, which was essentially, again, sort of a transfer from left pocket to the right pocket in the world of the business mm. sense. And then they also bought 100 shares of AIG Esports Canada for $1.2 million. Um, Steve Maeda is getting $300,000 a year uh, for his role with the Luminosity, but then there's also bonuses based on the performance of the Titans. Um, and then Enthusiast uh, Gaming, um, he also found, uh, had gone through uh, $18 million in the first nine months of 2019. That's a lot of cash. So uh, now, as far as, as what this all means, the simple explanation is that uh, the Aquilini family own the Vancouver Titans. The Aquilini family has a huge ownership stake in Luminosity Gaming, uh, Enthusiast Gaming, and what we now know as, I, I think, what was it called? Like something corporation. Oh, gosh. Gameco. Thank you. Um, so, you know, from a business perspective, we wanted to sort of sh shed that light, you know, Scronite did all that legwork and, and I wanted to, uh, to ensure that, uh, you all, uh, got to hear from, uh, from him. I was, I was trying to get him on the podcast. I actually wanted to have him on as our new esports business consultant, And, uh, he sort of uh, declined that, but I think if enough people out there were to go and tell him, Hey, you know, tell us more, 
uh, we could probably convince him to join us for an episode or two, <laughs> get him involved. So let's uh, take ourselves a short break here uh, before jumping into the fray. The start of the year kicked off with a bang when it comes to the Overwatch League and its personnel. We learned that Monte Cristo had his contract come to an end and determined that uh, it wasn't in his interest nor the Overwatch League's interest for them to continue in a relationship. Now, he had, I think it was like an 11-tweet Twitter storm, so his own very own TED Talk, a little bit about uh, his belief as to the Overwatch League, where it's going, uh, and some of the things that he had shared was that there was um, creative differences, that the transition of Nate Nanzer out of the commissioner role had yeah. had also contributed to this, and sort of went on further to, to suggest that he's also no longer going to be creating Overwatch-related content because the demand is not there. Now, when... Monty's departure was announced. There was a number of people who, who almost celebrated it because they weren't big fans of him. There are others who were like, oh my God, I can't believe that's happening. There's another group that are like, oh my goodness, this means that the Overwatch League is dying. I can't believe it's happening. But I think it's safe to say that the Overwatch League is maybe not better off without Monty. I think he provides talent that they so desperately need to have. But it's also a positive because his transition out into sort of the, the new roles that he's going to, to be involved in open up uh, a window for others to have an opportunity. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But Monty was the first one to you know, say that uh, he wasn't going to be there. This led to further questions. Well, what about, uh, what about Dog? Like, I mean, that's his partner. Like, what's happening here? And then it uh, was determined that uh, Doe himself, whose contract was up, uh, he's also no longer with the Overwatch League. He is going to go back uh, to his roots uh, and uh, potentially, uh, you know, again, freelance as it's now known. That wasn't the only uh, personnel change because Pucket, he's out too. Now, Pucket leaving might have something to do with sort of what's going on with the Overwatch League. And, and you know, some of the rumors have been it's uh, salary demands. Others have been um, that it is just sort of creative differences. But one of the things that Puckett had said in his video announcement is that uh, his wife had, had accepted a new role in New York uh, and that uh, based on this and the desire to sort of move, that that made it a little yeah. more difficult. But he did say you may still see him. And I could see Puckett coming back in the role that Golden Boy does. Mm-hmm. And being in New York, it's not like there aren't going to be Overwatch League matches locally, so I could see him being involved there. So you have Monty, Doa, Pocket, out. We already knew that Jake and Custa were going to become talent, and it is becoming a little more clear as to what. Now, before I get into those two, uh, both Bren and Sideshow are moving from the analyst desk to the caster's desk. So you're going to have Bren and Sideshow uh, casting the Overwatch League this season. And then uh, ZP, or ZP as we would call it, uh, he's in and he'll be casting with 
Jake as a as a pair. So if we were to go and sort of do the math there, they've actually lost Monty Doa, but now have Brent Sideshow as a PN and Jake and and ultimately uh, are are plus one. Though with all the travel that's going to be involved, I would imagine we're probably going to see a few more. That leaves Custa. And I kind of suspect that Custa might be on the analyst desk only because of the content that I've been seeing him create with, with Sideshow. Yeah, and uh, listening to some of the Plaid podcasts, it, it's definitely the case. Mm-hmm. He talked about it himself. Now, there there is a lot of chatter about what this, this all means. Like, oh my goodness, the Overwatch League is losing talent. That's not a good sign. And I would be lying to suggest that I don't agree with it to some respect. But this transition of talent in in traditional sports exists on a regular basis. And I follow the NHL being that I'm a Canadian and the NHL rights holder in Canada, Sportsnet has gone through quite a bit of transition this year. They actually have cycled some of the older personnel out and new personnel, some by choice, some by design, uh, some because their hand was forced, but ultimately this does occur. So I shouldn't, you know, think that anyone would see this as being unusual. The difference here is that the Overwatch League is still in its, you know, growth stage. And season three is meant to be this sort of make or break season. They've got local gate revenue coming into play. It's now truly going to be a worldwide league with worldwide matches. An odd time to see some of your most talented personnel, you know, move out. But again, I see it also as an opportunity. So I'm not necessarily ringing the death knell here, but... I am maybe more cognizant that there is something going on. And I'm a little bit hesitant to suggest there isn't only because I have seen sort of what Activision Blizzard has done with other esports properties, Heroes of the Storm, Starcraft, and the like. Right. Yeah, to me, it's basically a reflection that I think uh, with the added travel and the homestands, probably a lot of the uh, talent team who themselves you know, are, are not like 18 year old kids, like a lot of the um, players out there, they demanded a little bit more leeway, maybe a little more uh, um, of a pay raise. And they couldn't really maybe commit to such a, uh, an exhaustive relocation or, or something like that. It could have been part of it. Uh, it's, it's sad to see a lot of the more recognizable faces and talents go. Uh, but Frankly speaking, I'm also happy about the new blood coming in, especially having uh, past players such as Jake and Custa uh, going to the analyst desks and and, and having uh, more entertainment people, uh, kind of like Bren and Sideshow. And I, I don't doubt their knowledge, but I definitely think that past pros definitely understand more about the game. And that's because was kind of the reason why I was quite sad to see uh, Reinforce uh, go away. And I'm pretty happy about them uh, joining. So I can't wait to hear their input. And hopefully uh, we have more than enough uh, color or diversity of thought and opinions, uh, both on the desk and and in the style of commentary. And, you know, one of the possibilities exists that maybe they bring in some you know, local talent. Uh, I'd suggested that both you and Sam can uh, hit the casting desk for the Vancouver Titans when they're in town. And then someone asked, you know, which one is you is Bren and which is Sideshow? And I kind of thought you'd be Bren. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely want to be one, anyone who uh, dares to. Uh, exactly. So does that challenge. mean Sam needs to shave off his eyebrows now? That oh, happens? my God. Don't remind me. That looks so bad. You know, I, I, I 
maybe I'm just an old man. I don't get it. Like there, it was for charity though. No, no. And I don't knock that, but there are a lot of things that one can do for charity that doesn't involve the shaving off of your eyebrows. Yeah. Because it, they don't just suddenly reappear. It, it takes time for those suckers to, to come back and, and and that. So anyhow, um, I cannot unsee those uh, initial photos. Oh, and, and still, uh, even though it's from back, it's like you can tell. Like, wow. Next level. Yeah. The last thing I wanted to talk to is something that came out today. So during BlizzCon, the question had come up as to when will Overwatch 2 be available? And Uncle Jeff, Jeff Kaplan, he announced that it uh, would be some time, that uh, it's still quite a bit in development, that's no time soon. I, I think his exact words was that... Um, it, we have a long ways to go uh, before the game is is ready or something along those lines. Mm. Uh, don't have a date in mind. We want to make it great uh, and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, we, we talked about this in the previous episodes. We kind of thought, okay, maybe we'll see this in, in 2021. Maybe, you know, Q4 holiday time of 2020 because that often can be sort of a marquee time to release titles. But 2021 was sort of the safe bet. Well, PlayStation Brazil feels otherwise. The official Sony PlayStation Brazil account tweeted today that 2020 will be the year Overwatch 2 comes to the PlayStation 4. That's interesting. And then the article that they had linked to, and I'm going to give uh, credit to Dexardo here uh, for for doing the translation, was in Portuguese. uh, But it was an article that uh, had been published uh, after BlizzCon. So no new content. But the interesting part was the tweet. 2020 will be the year of Overwatch 2 coming to the PlayStation 4. Now, this blew up Reddit. People are like, what? Because this, this this flies in the face of sort of what Uncle Jeff had said. But it also introduces this wrinkle of, well, is this going to occur during over the course of the Overwatch League season? What would that mean? I mean, imagine that. Imagine if just before the Season 3 postseason, they release an entirely new game with a new mode and a new engine. Like, that, it would be akin to, like, the mm. huge shift that we saw last year. I can't see them doing it again, but hey, what do I know? I mean, mechanically, it shouldn't be that much different. But if they do introduce like the well, there be balance changes, new game mode and balance changes, right? Yeah, like that. That to me, that would be the 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 giant shift. And as much as we might say, oh, there might be these changes, the engine update changes the way things look in game. And we've started to see that the the players themselves are able to understand the environment based on what it is they see, sight lines, like which plant to to hide in, which. Uh, chandelier they can get up to and 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 that's something that you know gets sort of thrown you know out the the door when a new engine comes up because now you're having to find the sort of new you know geometric spots in that right now it could very well be that they misunderstood and something got lost in translation and when sony brazil decided to share this that they they meant overwatch 2 is going to be coming to the playstation 4 just not with a specific date or maybe they do know that there is something and if there is one thing that i know the playstation accounts worldwide like leaking things in fact they're they're better at leaking details for titles than walmart canada is at leaking <laughs> details uh, regarding fallout yeah so you know maybe maybe not the moment we know something, you, our listeners, will be the, the first people 
to here. Exciting stuff. Did they leak anything about basketball too, by any chance? Uh, they, I, they did not. Not that I'm paying attention to. All right. Sorry. But, you know, as we already know, basketball is uh, dead to me. <laughs> We're wrapping this episode up a little bit early. You've probably come become used to us having these long episodes. And as there is sort of, again, this, this information vacuum that we live in, uh, we wanted to, one start the year off, but then two, decided that we run shorter episodes uh, to ensure that we're able to connect with you, our community. We actually spoke to our patrons, those who are members of the RSP patronage group, and we asked them, like, hey, would you be willing to listen to us with shorter episodes, maybe more fluff, uh, if we were to go weekly, or would you prefer that we just sort of wait until we've got stuff? Well, our, our, our patrons told us we want more, so that's what we've done. We decided to, to record more. As more information does come out, though, and I am confident we will know more about what's going on by next episode, we will be sure to share it with you. Uh, we're trying to line up uh, Michael uh, to join us next week. Uh, as we had already told you, Sam's a free agent. His contract expired. We don't know if he's coming back. We've got Michael to, to fill in, and, and that shouldn't be too tough because Sam mailed it in each and every week, and I think Michael will make sure that he brings his A game. We know that the Vancouver Titans uh, staff that have joined, uh, be it Tristan, uh, uh, Robert, who's already been there for a while, uh, Anthony's been active. Uh, there's Sammy, uh, Samantha, who who joined, although I think her official start isn't until the end of the, the month. Uh, they're, be, they're providing information in Titan Score, so we'll make sure for those of you who aren't part of Titan Score that you hear about it here on the, the Ready, Set, Home podcast. And if there's anything pressing, make sure to follow us at... Uh, uh, on Twitter, twitter.com slash raceatpone. And that takes me to another note, uh, raceatpone.com. Last season, we did have uh, periodic articles and blog posts that were shared, but the focus has always been the podcast. Because I actually thought that we might have been creating a, a problem with uh, consistency, but also focus, we've decided to really focus on the podcast itself. So the website still exists. We'll, we'll share information, but it will be podcast related. If you want to stay on top of anything to do with the Vancouver Titans, Twitter is where it's at. And again, that's twitter.com slash ready, set, home. So any final words of wisdom that you wish to uh, share with our, our millions and millions of rabid force of nature Vancouver Titans listeners? Yeah, like uh, something a bit more uh, different. Uh, I've had a rough uh, little uh, holiday season here. Just hug your loved ones, people, human and not alike, and cherish every moment you've got with them. Well said. Well said, Ani. And uh, you, our listeners, if you can, uh, send Ani some some good thoughts. Uh, <laughs> he deserves them. He needs them. Uh, and uh, I think it'll go a long way to... Uh, to help him along, but he raises a good point. And I, I think I shared this uh, as well uh, last year. It's always important to, to hug your loved ones just that little bit uh, uh, tighter if you can. The final words that I'd like to share is I'm excited for 2020. I'm excited for the third season of the Overwatch League. And I'm extremely excited uh, for what we're going to see from the Vancouver Titans as we go into Overwatch tw League 2020. We do plan on having our power rankings by science before the start of the season. Uh, it won't be next week, but it may come out the week after that. So stay tuned. Again, we use science, no bias, no you know names out of a hat. It is pure 
science. Empiric evidence. Exactly, to, to make our, our selection. So we will have that out. We're looking to still maybe get a preseason get-together arranged. It's been a little bit difficult trying to find a venue that one will sort of accommodate us, but also be you know friendly to one where the fact that we're all Overwatch fans and fans of the Overwatch League and the Vancouver Titans. But I also want to ensure that it's all ages so that we can have everyone who might listen to the podcast out. If I can get something lined up, again, the first place you're going to hear is actually in the RSP Discord. And to join Discord, it's discord.io slash readysetpwn. Uh, that'll be the easiest way to get in. But also Twitter, Facebook, Instagram will ensure that we we share all of that news. But uh, the last thing I do ask that you can do is if you've been listening to this podcast uh, the entire time we've been around, if you're a new listener who happened to tune in for the very first time this week, or if you happen to just, you know, listen every so often, give us a rating. The easiest way to rate our podcast is to go to ratethispodcast.com slash readysetpone. Go to that website on whatever device you happen to be on where you listen to RSP and it will walk you through the steps to rate on the, the platform of accessibility. So whether it be iTunes, uh, whether it be Podchaser, you know, whatever, again, experience you might use. I ask if you can, you know, rate us on all the options that might be available to you. It just helps expose uh, RSP out to a, a broader audience. And it's your listeners that make that happen. I can go and shout from the rooftops that RSP is available, but it's your listeners and the power of word of mouth that encourages others to tune in. We want to build the RSP community to be one of the best throughout the league. And it's you that will help us do it. What I can do is is provide you the tools and provide you the support, but ultimately it's your energy that is going to make it happen. What I promise to do for you, though, is look for ways to ensure that you as our community are awarded, given the best content throughout the year, and to also hear other voices. I am currently trying to line up a collaborative episode with another Overwatch League podcast uh, where we'll get together and we'll provide you with some insight as to what's going on. I think that'll be pretty neat. Some more details will be shared the moment I get them. And uh, from that, we look to do some really neat things throughout the the course of the season, be it get-togethers, uh, gaming nights, uh, you know, different activities. Again, we just want to have fun. That's that's what we're here for. It's, it's about a game and one that we all enjoy. So on behalf of Sam, who is currently a free agent and uh, not with us tonight, that's another Sam Chan, Omni at OmniStraff and myself, Chris at Life Force. I'm going to sign off our podcast with those magical two words, catchphrase. we